Um, and of course, we didn't. We knew he was in the D-Day landing thing, mm -hmm. but we didn't know how it came out for a long time. Yeah, uh, mail yeah. was the only way that we heard that they were safe, and you know. But you'd so you knew he was in it, and then there were probably news stories, but then you didn't know how he was. Right. Hello, hello, and welcome to the New Hip Podcast, my quest to make older folks relevant again. In today's episode, it gets personal. I interview my grandma, Grandma Joan is what we call her, Joan Houghton. I mean, she's one of my favorite people of all time. She lived through the Depression, World War II, when her husband, my grandpa, was overseas, then raised a family. But maybe most interesting about Grandma Joan at this point is that in older age, she became a writer. She became this person that started doing all these activities and taking classes and uh, just in a really inspiring way. Before that, let's talk about the people that make this episode happen. The new hip features the music of the Jin J X Group's album Songs for Liz. The show is brought to you by the Springfield, Missouri Convention and Visitors Bureau. Why not give yourself a weekend in Springfield, Missouri? A weekend of unforgettable family experiences, outdoor adventure, unique dining options, satisfy every palate, craft breweries, live entertainment, and more. A weekend in Springfield, Missouri, where a masking ordinance is in effect, along with social distancing guidelines to keep you and the rest of the community safe. Visit springfieldmo.org to start planning your weekend trip to Springfield, Missouri. I visit it every day. It's also brought to you by the History Museum on the Square. It was voted Best New Attraction by the readers of USA Today. How about that? That's a, that's a big paper. All right. It's time to make older folks relevant again. It's time for the new hip. Then you'll have the strength to fight tomorrow. My grandparents, Joan and Bud Houghton, Bud and Joan Houghton, were these big figures in my life growing up, like a lot of grandparents are to kids. They always seemed kind of sophisticated to me. My grandpa, Bud, was a bank president, veteran of World War II. Grandma Joan was always very organized, well-dressed. Their house was in mid-50s, split level with a pinball machine, ping-pong table, a dartboard, which is like a kid's dream. I loved hearing stories of growing up in Red Oak, Iowa. Red Oak, Iowa. In this idyllic setting of a small, thriving town, which kind of seems... I, I love hearing stories about Red Oak because it um, feels like a little snapshot in time because it really does feel like a, this really thriving place wasn't a bedroom community. So anyway, I loved hearing stories from them about World War II, and I loved witnessing an older person in Grandma Joan and taking on new adventures in old age. And uh, let's start this out. Let's start in Red Oak, a small town in western Iowa. Her dad is the editor of the town's newspaper. You know, okay, yeah. so what, what interests me a lot about Red Oak is that it, um, you know, now like a lot of small, if you're a smaller Midwest town, not a bedroom community attached to a bigger city, chances are you're kind of dying or like Yes, I, I think that's true. Yeah. Right now. But you lived in this town, when that in a small town, and that wasn't the case at no, all. No, it was wasn't it? the case. It was very active. Um and we would go to Omaha for, uh, you know, shopping, especially mm -hmm. things. It was only about 50 miles. But um, I've been worried about it. And lately I did talk to someone from there. And, yes, 
no longer is the uh, art gallery uh, factory. Art calendar. Art calendar yeah. factory uh, there. It, the building <coughs> is was still living the last I mm -hmm. saw. I ever seen it when I went to Yeah, there. yes, of course. And, but that was, a, it was the largest and most well-known art calendar factory in the world, they claimed, yeah. you know. Yeah. But then now it's nothing. Yeah. And then they got the Ever Ready factory, mm -hmm. and that's no longer there. Yeah. So I don't know how they're getting along and if it'll be hard on the schools and uh -huh. all kinds of things like other little towns. So, so describe Red Oak from your childhood. Oh, well, I thought it was great, and, and I didn't think it had any faults or anything, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had one black family, mm -hmm. and Julia Dean Keene was a little girl that was in my class. Mm -hmm. She sat uh, in front of me at school, and I thought, I must be nice to her. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking that, and I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I, I sort of felt that way. How were they treated in the town? I think fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, as far as yeah. I know. But you know, why do I know, really? <clears throat> yeah, when you're a kid. <laughs> yeah. One thing I remember, my father died when I was in college. And I remember walking down the street and thinking, why did that have to happen? Because he's such a good man. Mm -hmm. And I know of a man that drank all the time and didn't do anything for the world or the country mm -hmm. or the town. And why does that have to happen? <clears throat> I remember walking downtown and thinking that yeah. right after that happened. And yeah. It was a strange kind of thing, way to think. <laughs> well, yeah, but losing someone. I yeah, mean, yeah. The first time, first time having to grieve yes. someone you love is the, You terrible. know, the first time that I ever was faced with death at all was a girl in the class ahead of me that was killed in an mm. accident. And they placed us in the very front row in front of her. Mm -hmm. And that was my first adventure with a dead person. Yeah. And it just made an awful impression on me. How old were you? Well, I was in high school. Yeah. But it seemed like a real shocking thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so Red Oak has like a downtown square, is there a yes. square in the center? Mm -hmm. And um, and a Houghton State Bank. Yes. Was that there when you were growing yes. up? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Houghton State Bank and Montgomery County Bank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Houghton State Bank is still there, right? Yes. Yeah, I love that. I, I was, think. Right. <laughs> the last I heard. <laughs> yeah. And was that, I imagine, mm -hmm. what, who started it in the Houghton family? I don't know. Yeah. I <clears throat> probably can look it up easily. Yeah. By the way, I have this book that I felt compelled that I had to write down everything that people had given me about background in the family, you know. Oh, yeah. And so I did a, a number of years ago. And... Um, I'm glad I did because it does have some interesting things. One of which yeah. was the great grandfather, and you've probably heard the story. I'm not sure, have you? I don't know. Well, he he and his <clears throat> wife were in the Civil War time, and they and the story is that they had to debate whether he should go to war or whether it was his duty to stay home and take care mm. of 
the uh, three boys he had, mm -hmm. and his wife was pregnant. Mm. He decided, and she decided, that he should go to war. So he did, and he went, was sent to uh, the Battle of Vicks Vicksburg, mm -hmm. and he was killed. Mm. Just before that, he got to go home to greet his new uh, son, and that mm. son was my great-grandfather. Oh. <laughs> wow. So it's kind of a, a realty story stepping in there that makes you think more about the Civil War. Just kind of intrigued with the whole yeah. thing and how so many families went through situations like that. Yeah. You don't think much about In history, but, all you think is numbers mm, and yes, statistics. Right. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was individual families yeah, right. making those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so let's see. Then what was your what was your home life like? How would you describe it? What would you do? Uh, well, I had a terrific home life. Mm -hmm. I have uh, one brother younger, three years, and my parents were <clears throat> super. Couldn't ask for anything better. And um, my dad would he would be Santa Claus, mm -hmm. and he always had to work Christmas Eve. He said. Oh yes, sure. And then he, all of a sudden, he would come, and those bells would ring. I can still hear them in my chest. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he would bounce them around, and he'd give my mother a kiss, and then, and then he'd be gone. <laughs> and then pretty soon he'd come back, and he said, "Well, so Santa Claus came? Yes, Santa Claus came. Well, darn, he was sorry he missed him, and you know, <laughs> went through a big action with all that. He yeah. liked to do stuff like that, yeah. so it was great fun." When did you and Grandpa Bud start dating? Dating? Uh, I was in high school, and um, I can remember I was on our screen porch and called to the phone, and there was a phone call from Bud to go dancing in yeah. Peony Park in Omaha. <laughs> That's a big deal. Yeah. Go 50 miles out of town to, yeah. to a dance. And, uh, but my folks let me go, and that was fine. And coming back, um, we double-dated. Uh -huh. And when we, oh no, this was another date. Uh, but we went out and came back, and um, as we went up to our house, why he somehow leaned against the doorbell and gave me a kiss, and that, brought my mother to the doorbell <laughs> immediately. And the lights came on, and the kids in the car are laughing their heads off. And it was quite an event. <laughs> and then it went around the high school the next day. Everybody, yeah. ding-a-ling, ding-a-ling. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. That's funny. But that's small town, you know, yeah. stuff you would remember. So what was um, Grandpa Bud's family like? Uh, his mother was the club woman of mm -hmm. the world. <laughs> yeah. She really was the um, national, general, the... general federation of women's clubs. She was the president of mm -hmm. that and lived, uh, I don't know if it was one or two years, in Washington in mm -hmm. their headquarters there. And that was typical of the way she was. She could give a speech and have people 
in the palm of her hand, palm mm -hmm. of her head, mm -hmm. either uh, crying or laughing or whatever she yeah. wanted them to do. Yeah. She was a marvelous speaker. She didn't need notes, and she was yeah. fun. She had yeah. a lot of humor. Um, and uniquely, kind of uniquely ambitious for a woman. Definitely, right? definitely. <laughs> yeah, and um, she later, when she was a widow, she moved to Iowa City, mm -hmm. and which was a good choice for her, it mm -hmm. really was. Uh, but the first thing she said to me was, and I'm I suppose that you could help me with my um, stenography. I will have a lot of letters to do. <laughs> and I said, uh, you know, hon, I, no, I can't. <laughs> it took a lot of courage. And uh, I said, I just can't. I said, I've got four children and I'm involved in a lot of community things and mm -hmm. uh, I won't be able to, but I'll be able to help you find somebody to help you. And uh, so that made us really good friends. But it was a big deal to It was a big deal. Yes, yeah, so it was <laughs> the minute she got there. And, but I just knew that's the way she was, and I've given once, it would be forever, you know. Yeah, right. And uh, and I did love her a lot, but it was, you know, I just had to kind of stand my she ground. Was a, she was a force. She was a force. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and her dad was on the Iowa Supreme Court, is that right? No, not her dad, no. her grandfather, Her grandfather, okay. Yes. Judge yep. Deemer, is that Yes, Judge okay. Deemer, exactly. And um, Grandpa Bud's dad, I think it's interesting, too, to, um, he was, was he a bank president? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he's a bank president. In Red Oak. In Red Oak. And he has this uniquely ambitious wife yes. for the time mm -hmm. and how supportive he was of that and taking yes. care of the family. Yes, he'd and take the that. background in every way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it seemed to be the right thing. <laughs> yeah. They were wonderful people, really. Yeah, but she was, <clears throat> you just had to stand your ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned it as a young person, and it was good. <laughs> so like everyone, the world turned upside down with the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Joan graduated high school a few months later, Bud is off at college and decides to enlist in the Navy, so she now has a boyfriend heading off to war and is starting college. And, uh, so what did you think... Um, I, you know, I suppose, like, I think in Europe, the war is kind of breaking out in 39, you're in mm -hmm. high school, and then move to college, and then it kind of comes mm -hmm. here with Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. what, did, what were your thoughts and like, the build-up to it? Do you remember? Uh, I didn't spend a lot of time worrying about it until yeah. it really started, and then we were all in shock, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was just... Pearl Harbor was a big shock, mm -hmm. uh, and and then people hustled to go volunteer and mm -hmm. all kinds of things that changed. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, rationing was huge, mm -hmm. so much on the food, and being married in '46. Even there was still some rationing going on, hmm. and uh, we would, what was it, we would eat, oh, good night, I can't even think what it was, but it was something that nobody thought was a treat when you go out to eat, when yeah. you, you would just get what they had. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
that was nothing to compare with the soldiers and the mm -hmm. sacrifices that people made. Yeah. And I, I was, um, you know, 18 or 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, not experienced at anything. <laughs> yeah. And it was just all a shock to all of us, I think. Yeah. So then Grandpa Bud's response was to, did he soon sign up for the Navy after that? Or? Yes, he did. He uh, um, did. And in order to get in, he had to go have a surgery oh. ahead of time. And he didn't tell even his parents he was doing it. But he signed up. Uh, at University Hospital mm -hmm. for the surgery that he'd have to have in order to be fit to go. Oh, what was it? A hernia. Oh. Huh. Yeah. And I didn't even know what that was all about. Yeah. And I thought he was going to see another girl. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm going to be gone to Iowa City for a little bit. And I said, mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> yeah. I wondered what that was about, you know. Yeah. And he was two years ahead of me in high school. Uh-huh. And um, so I fussed about that yeah. in my mind, what was really happening. Yeah. But that was it. He wasn't, he didn't want to talk about it. Right. He left from Red Oak. He wasn't here. He left from Red Oak to come uh, here to Red have Oak. surgery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I forgot to ask. Did he, how did he propose to you? That's just lovely. <laughs> <laughs> what a disappointment. <laughs> Terrible. We had been really dating every day when he had to leave in the summertime. Mm -hmm. And I had just finished uh, school, mm -hmm. college, and <clears throat> and I thought... Or high school. Was now, it high school? High school. Yeah, yeah. High school, yes. And, and um, nothing had ever been said, but we were just getting together every minute we could, you know, mm -hmm. and... Finally, I, I just was so upset about not, not hearing anything that I went up to his house, which wasn't very far from mine. One morning, I knocked on the door, and I said, are we serious or not? <laughs> <laughs> and he said he could just look at my eyes and knew that he better make an answer. And what do you think he said? He said, well, I thought we'd go next Tuesday to Omaha and look for a ring. Now, how romantic is that? <laughs> that was the proposal. Yes. <laughs> but I was satisfied with it, I guess. <laughs> and do you think he had already planned on next Tuesday? Or he just came up with I don't spot? know. I don't know whether he was just trapped or what. Yeah. But, uh, and the, I had to make my plans. I was graduating. Yeah. And I had to know what I was going to do. And you're a planner, aren't you? Yeah, yeah sort yeah. of. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I thought, now I hear about everybody when they get engaged, they do some fancy yeah. thing, you know, I thought, oh boy, I did it. <laughs> really, I just said, are we serious or not? <laughs> you know, it wasn't a happy, beautiful thing yeah, at right. all. They don't make commercials about that for no. diamond rings. No, we don't. <laughs> okay. But anyway, it worked. <laughs> yeah. So you were, to get the chronology right, Yeah. Pearl Harbor, December 1941, you graduate in 42, so a few months later. No. No. No, I'm just starting college in 42, and I graduate in 46. No, wait, you graduated college in 46. Yes. So high school you graduated 40, in 42. 
Right. And then started college. Yes. Yeah, great. And when I started college, uh, immediately changed. Yeah. You know, they didn't have as many men, and so their oh, yeah. men dormitories became dormitories for women. Uh-huh. And so there were a lot of changes in that yeah. way. Uh-huh. And did, did Bud go off that summer? He went off to training. Uh-huh. And he had training in uh, the East Coast somewhere, but it was really pretty short training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then was... Then did he go to England right away after that? Pretty much, I guess. I, mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of vague on the yeah. timing on all that. Yeah. But... Uh, but you basically started college with a husband going to war. No, you weren't married. Married. Fiancé? Uh, no. no. Boyfriend? Huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeepers. Yeah. Uh, I don't imagine he even, maybe he really did stand to attention when I called on him in the morning. (laughs) And and to appear at his house was kind of different, yeah. Yeah. So that was funny. He had to give an answer. Yeah. (laughs) And he came up with one that didn't say much. Well, yeah, did I get ring? I guess that sort of says so much, but... (laughs) They weren't exactly, but anyway, yeah. then he went off to war, and yeah. then I went off to college. And yeah, and uh, I suppose you only have your one experience with college, but that had to be different than had you gone a year earlier. Than oh, first yeah, because yeah. Yeah, it was wartime most of the time I was in college. Yeah. And I did transfer after my junior, uh, at my junior year yeah. to Iowa, yeah. and thinking I need to have a experience something bigger oh, yeah. <laughs> it's part of it and then they had a really good journalism school oh yeah and it was a good thing I did it I, I really enjoyed it both yeah. places very much yeah mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so then you're you're at Iowa and that's that's when your dad passed away right around this mm-hmm. time yeah, yeah I did yeah yep um, how does that how does that affect you at that time? Uh, it affected me an, an awful lot because we were very close and I admired mm-hmm. him so much and uh, and it was so hard on my mother. So your father dying <clears throat> affects you right then mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. very acute ways, I imagine. Yes. How does it stay with you? Like today or does it? it well, yes. Uh, I feel that he and I missed a lot together. Yeah. And uh, he taught me to drive a car and he taught me to play golf and mm-hmm. uh, I remember walking with him, taking a walk and he'd say, now don't point your feet out, <laughs> put them straight ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just silly things like that. But, and he, he was kind of a jokester. He would, you know, make jokes. And I remember pictures of him in a chef's hat where he was cooking breakfast for yeah. family sometime <laughs> and things like that. But, and I would often sit at the top of the stairs listening to company when they were talking politics and uh-huh. things like that and enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. And I'd like to go down to the newspaper office and, and uh, 
see the paper come off the press. That was a big oh, deal, yeah. you know. And um, one time I went in after school. High school was not far from the downtown where the express office was at that time. And uh, I would go down, and um, uh, one time she, he said, uh, they've just called that they, the new car for the newspaper has arrived. Do you want to go down and pick it up? Wow, I just was so proud <laughs> to think I could do that. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't very far, but it was still a big deal mm -hmm. to get to go down. I hadn't had my license for very long, and it was yeah. a big deal. <laughs> yeah, when you first get your license, you're 16. <laughs> an errand you wouldn't want to do normally. You're like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So what was that, what was... Um, that's an that's an emotional time. I hadn't thought of this for you before, but to have that plus the war mm -hmm. plus your boyfriend at in mm -hmm. the war. Oh yes. Just like this emotionally mm -hmm. tenuous. Yes, time. it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. And then so so Grandpa Bud then goes to goes to England, mm -hmm. and then I suppose then if that's 1942, you know. Him being in D-Day was 1944, so mm -hmm. he still had a couple of years. Do you know what he was doing in that? Well, he was, he was in college. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, at at, at uh, Iowa. Here. But when he was when he was when he was over there. When he was, was over he, there. What was, was he always transporting troops? Yes, that's a yeah. basic thing up for the ship that he was on. Yeah. And. Uh, it was an interesting ship. I got to see it. Yeah. And it's the smallest ship that's ocean going. Okay. So it can bear the brunt of uh, the English Channel is very, very rough. And they, uh -huh. they did a lot of back and forth in that. Yeah. So, and he, on, on D Day and different landings, he would always try to make special things for the uh, the sailors aboard the ship. Mm. Thing, um, popcorn, for instance, and yeah. stuff like that that would be a kind of a treat for Did them. Did you make donuts? Yes. That yeah. Yes, that was another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and yeah. he, I think he thought highly of his experience yeah. in war as hard as it was. Yeah. Um, and of course, we didn't. We knew he was in the D-Day landing thing, mm -hmm. but we didn't know how it came out for a long time. Yeah, uh, mail yeah. was the only way that we heard that they were safe, and you know. But you'd so you knew he was in it, and then there were probably news stories, but then you didn't know how he was. Right. Ugh. Yeah, that was hard. And living in a building where were other girls. Mm -hmm. We all had these letters coming in that yeah. had special um, oh, insignia on the envelopes. Mm -hmm. uh, so you'd see them knowing they were coming from a serviceman to somebody, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there were Dear George letters. Was it Do George? I Dear think John. It, John. Dear John. Yeah, Dear John letters. Yeah. Arriving. Yeah. <clears throat> One way or another, yeah, which was hard on people, 
and it was very hard on the couples that were broken at the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, it was very strong <clears throat> in our constant thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I imagine so. Yeah. Just always in the back of your mind. Yeah, always, yeah. So eventually the war ended and Joan and Bud ended up settling in Iowa City. Though for a brief time, they thought they might be moving to Detroit to work for Ford. And for an even briefer time before that, they thought that Bud would be attending law school at Harvard. Well, truthfully, he did. For a week. And then came back and went to the University of Iowa. The Harvard of Iowa City. Bud eventually became the president of First National Bank and Joan raised four kids. I always imagine they had a lot of dinner parties and cocktail parties. I know Bud uh, used to get a hold of notable people coming through town. If they're coming through town, he would offer them to uh, come over for dinner, uh, sometimes with very short notice. So they, uh, this time, kind of in between um, World War II and, and, and kind of the grandparent era, I, I always look, I probably fantasize about how cool it was, but I always imagine it to be very cool. Okay, we're gonna skip ahead really far here, but my grandpa Bud passed away in 2003 after suffering with Parkinson's. While Joan, for much of it, was his main caretaker. When he passed, the silver lining was witnessing Joan jump into a second life, just jumping into all kinds of activities, and this curious side of her really came out. She had gone to college for journalism, her dad was a newspaper editor, but she had mostly, or entirely, put it down after college. Now she was starting to write, again. She plays it down, but she's written two self-published books, one about her life in the 80s and one about her life in her 90s. And she has, she's a really good writer. She's the best example I know of, of how old age doesn't have to mean slowing down. She still retains her curiosity and pursues her curiosity. I've told you this before, but I think one of the most fascinating things about you is um, what you've done in in an older age that you haven't just sat down oh. as it, metaphorically, but that you, um, <laughs> you, you never like this when I say this, you're one of the most curious people I know. Oh, good. <laughs> Not like curious, like uh -huh. odd, but uh, uh -huh. have great curiosity. Oh. And it's carried through into your older years. Oh, really? With well, good. writing or like, you know, taking... Mm -hmm. what, doing activities here, taking classes. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think everyone does that. But we talked about you going, your dad being a writer and editor, mm -hmm. and then you coming to school, <clears throat> working for the Daily Iowan, and kind of this love of writing. And then you kind of put it down for, I don't know, 60 years almost, mm -hmm. 50 some yeah, years. Yeah, I guess so. And then yeah. you start writing again. Yeah, I don't know why, but... Oh, I love it. Because you write... I don't know, describe what you write. I write lots of little things like I've been talking with you about. Mm -hmm. Just things I want to remember. A lot of essays. Yeah, just, yes. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Some people write stories. I wouldn't know how to start that. Yeah. And uh, I write my opinions about some things. I have uh -huh. done that. But I'm not real comfortable doing it because I'm, I don't like criticism. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I like to write things that have a little humor in them if mm -hmm. I can. Yeah. I think that's fun. 
and I think it's wonderful in this world anytime you can make anybody smile or laugh. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> so. And it's so you've and then you've self-published two books. Mm-hmm. Right. I can't remember one's musings. Nuggets and nonsense from my nineties. Yeah. Yeah. And musings from my eighties. Yeah. Yeah. And it's various essays that are like kind of memories and then also mm -hmm. some, yeah. I guess, opinions. Yes, and, right. Yeah. And uh, uh, I don't think I'd know how to write a story or want to yeah. be involved in it. But you started writing stuff and then you just emailed it out to your kids, right? Mm -hmm. Is that how it started? Mm -hmm. And they encouraged you to put them together into a book? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it ended. And, uh, and it isn't a book that you go buy in the bookstore or anything. Yeah. It's just... Some that I've handed exclusive. out. Yes, <laughs> it's to um, uh, all the family, really. Yeah. It, it basically it's silly stuff that sometimes we talk about now. Yeah. Even that that I think that kids might be interested in or. Yeah. Yeah, I I wrote one section and then I go to the writers group, which meets once a week and we just mm -hmm. go and read things that we have written. Well, now most of us are reading things that we wrote a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but it's fun and uh, enjoy only five or six of us. Yeah. But it's kind so of... So what is it about, um, what is it about you that not many people start doing something like that in their 80s and continue into their 90s? Mm -hmm. What do you think is it about you that, <clears throat> that you, you do that? I don't know. I don't know what got me started. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Because I never thought of writing as a, a career that I wanted. Yeah. I really didn't. Yeah. I, oh, as a little girl, I did. Did you ever hear of Jane Arden in the uh -huh. comics? I just thought she was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and I, so I kind of wanted to, that was a secret thought that I'd like yeah. to be a reporter that was out on gangsters and things like yeah. well it was just a pipe dream of course but um, that was my interest yeah and uh, so I don't know what made me get started I guess that people decided to start our own little writing group yeah and we just did it yeah and I think that kind of got me started and then I tried to do one every week uh -huh. which I did what does writing do for you what does it do for me? Yeah. You know, I've, I find it gives me a um, an identity. Yeah. Oh, you write. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. I say, yes, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you about um, <clears throat> your more recent life being, well, so I remember thinking, and maybe you felt this way, <clears throat> when Grandpa Bud passed away, which I guess is like 16 years ago, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> it seemed like you'd been kind of taking care of him for I don't know how long. You'd kind of been mm -hmm. part caretaker with all well. of it, with his health and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, it seemed to, your time got freed up and you mm -hmm. started pursuing all these different things you were yeah. interested yeah, in. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. And uh, one thing was dancing. Yeah. And I went to <clears throat> uh, one of the dance classes that they had offered to people 
um, but not university people. Mm -hmm. And Betty Lou and I went together, and it was fun, and we had such fun. So we got down there, and we saw everybody else were in leotards and every other thing, <laughs> and we were in jeans. <laughs> that was kind of awkward doing Let, let me ask like you it. about, well, aspect of old age. One, like living in a community like here, or just generally friends, like you have to deal with, Friends passing away, mm -hmm. and like lately, almost all of the longtime friends you have, you yeah. kind of uh, yeah. outlived. What yes. does it feel like? Does it does it get it, any easier? I don't know. Well, if that's the right question. Even it happens kind of gradually. Yeah, and it's been happening quite a bit. I, my friend Eileen's had a stroke now. She's in California. I can't get a hold of her. Yeah, I, you know it's just communication now is pretty much gone. Yeah. That's hard. Uh, and it might be wrong if I were right in the same community with her. Yeah. Probably would be. Yeah. And it makes you feel bad, you know, to think your old friends are gone from my viewpoint and from their viewpoint. It, uh -huh. It's uh, tough, but, you know, that's life and yeah. the way it goes. Is there a, um, is there a loneliness to it? Do you, I am not unhappy at all. Yeah. I'm not. And it's just kind of strange in a way to me. Yeah. I think about it and I think, you know, I'm not unhappy. Yeah. The rest of your life you just wish for everybody to be in good health and yeah. happy with what they're doing. And yeah. I don't wish for grand and glorious things for all of you. I just want you to be happy. And yeah. Yeah. Speaking of being happy, I've got some cookies laid out if you want to have Ooh, a cookie. I'll grab some. Wherever they out. are. Let me ask you just like a couple more questions. Okay. So what, um, so I'm always curious, well, I'll say this for myself. I think, I don't do it quite as much, but I think when I was a younger adult after college and stuff, I was always like, I want to make sure I don't have any regrets. I always oh, make the choice where I have yeah. And now that I'm a little older, I'm like, yeah. well, that's just kind of inevitable. <laughs> but yeah. do you have, uh, looking back on your life now, do you have any things you wish you would have done differently or any regrets? I don't think I do. Yeah. You almost think that's embarrassing to say, but uh, I don't think I do. I suppose you could in, in, if you said something like, well, I ne never developed uh, any kind of a career. Yeah. But I don't care. Yeah. You know, truly. Yeah. What are some of the things you're most proud of looking back? I think I know I was a good and faithful wife and mother and mm -hmm. and tried to do things right, and um, be. I hope I was a good mother to yeah. to help teach and my family, and and I'm I am pleased with the UNICEF and how that worked yeah. out. We made over a hundred thousand dollars at one point. Added yeah. up, I think. 
That's great. Yeah, so I was pleased about that. So, I don't know, I think I just tried to be a good girl, and I was. <laughs> <laughs> tried to be a good girl. So I think I was fair. <laughs> what about, um, I guess I'll end with this. So, someone like myself, young family, early 40s, in the middle of it, uh, what advice would you have, or what should I be prioritizing? Like, have a busy life, lots of things, flying yeah. in all directions. I'd say uh, prioritize. Prioritize. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your family. Yeah. They are the living images of what you believe and and for what you admire. Yeah. You want to raise children that you can admire the way they've turned out and think, yeah. ah, that was wonderful. I did do something good there. Yeah. And I feel that way. I feel I've got some wonderful children. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. And then I think to try to think of the plights of other people that don't have money and don't have health and don't have this and don't have that and yeah and I have I haven't made a big effort in that line like I should yeah I think I could have done better now it's too late it is too late I can't I don't have the strength <laughs> it's disgusting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well the like you talk about energy just like uh huh it's a hard thing to summon. Imagine. It is. And you know what I love to do? After breakfast, I go in for a nap <laughs> for an hour. I set the timer so I won't overdo it. I call that living the dream. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Let me ask you this. I'll ask one more question. I guess. Okay. Um, because I also think one thing that's uh, really neat about you is that you're not an older person that... Uh, thinks, uh, oh, this next generation, the next generation, they're mm. no good. <laughs> mm. No, I think they're getting better all the time. Yeah, what do you like What do you like about kind of where society or America is at and in terms of like where we're going? What do you like about it? Because you are well, a big I, thinker too. <laughs> you think about I like, society and stuff. And it's more common that people think about others Yeah. and worry uh, or have concerns mm -hmm. about those that aren't getting enough to eat or yeah. don't have any money to do anything and are caring. Yeah. So I think that's encouraging. Yeah. Now maybe it's not any better than uh, than it used to be, and I think it goes up and down and yeah. doesn't ever isn't ever enough. Yeah. But uh, I think that people are more aware, maybe. Yeah. And. Yeah. I don't know, I stew when I think it looks like somebody's right on, on the precipice of war. Ugh. Don't they know how awful that is? I mean, yeah. how can you not know that it would be horrible? Isn't and it? with the kind of weapons that are available Ugh. now where they could just wipe something yeah. out, something. And you look at the little children and you just think, gosh. Yeah. And you can't help but feel that way when you have a children. Yeah. And like, um, I was thinking recently, like, 
I don't have any experience with war. No, uh, well, that... And, like, I mean, we've had... Neither, neither had Bud. Yeah, right. Mm -mm. But I feel like something we're losing with your generation is that voice of what you're yeah. saying. Like, don't you know what it's like? Mm -hmm. And, I, yeah, I feel like it's talked about flippantly. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I think so, probably. But it does seem like people get carried away on the wrong track now, too. There's yeah. how much money they can show they have or uh -huh. lose, lose out on the human part of people, yeah. you know, and how much they all have to offer in their own ways. And yeah. But, you know, you can't solve everything. <laughs> it isn't up to you or me or anybody, but it's up to us to try to make a little help. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It shows, shows you're uh, your a writer. I like that phrase you said, the human side of people. Oh, really? I like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do have a human side and a not-so-human side, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. think about it. Yeah, we could do better. Yeah. Well, we'll start doing it. Okay, say <laughs> we'll start doing it, but I'm offering you a cookie where they are somewhere. Oh, yeah. On the I'll table over too. there. I'll get a cookie, too. Take a little handful. I'll, I'll, Sue made them. I'll, uh, I'll change the world, but I'll start with um, grabbing a cookie Okay. First. <laughs> a little sustenance. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my Grandma Joan. I hope you enjoyed an interview with one of the best people in the world. She got up in years, but she never just sat there looking backwards. But I mean, she's still a grandma, so she still tries to make you make sure you get the cookies. But that's my grandma, Joan. I hope you enjoy hearing about a person I think is one of the best in the world. I love how she's never just sat, sat there looking backwards. But I mean, she's still a grandma trying to make sure you get the cookies she set up. So stick around. I'm going to kind of close, wrap up the show, but I'm going to have, you can stick around and hear some snippets of stories from one of her chapters within one of the books. The new hip has music in it, and that music is by the Jin J X Group from his album Songs for Liz. And the artwork is done by Tyler Snodgrass. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you real soon. Here are some snippets from my Grandma Jones book. And this is entitled, um, mm -hmm. Awkward or Awesome or Awful Moments. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, ordering groceries, that's ordering. And I ask, has my rump come in yet? <laughs> <laughs> and how embarrassed I was after I said that. <laughs> Connie's eyesight. Have you ever heard that? Huh. She, her teacher, second <clears throat> grade, called and said, we must take her to the eye doctor because she's complaining all the time. She can't see the blackboard. <clears throat> and it turned out she didn't have any problem at all. And she, she then said, it's just that Rollins boy sitting ahead of me. He's so tall, I cannot see at all. <laughs> I thought it was so cute. Another do not do. I set the picnic basket on the stove and suddenly a flame burst forth. Obviously the burner was still warm. I grabbed the, ba the basket and threw it out the back door, no harm done. 
but my heart skipped several beats. One year later, the same thing happened. Guess it is confession time. I could not believe it. Shame, shame. And this is another mama duck and her ducklings. This is about the train we were on all of a sudden in England stopped. Yeah. Just in the middle of nowhere. And it stopped in order to let a train of ducks get across the <laughs> railroad track. I thought that's a wonderful story. I submit the darkest place in the world is within an isolation cell at Alcatraz prison. When on a tour with a few others, we were asked by the guide if, if we would like to see what it was like when the door was locked. We knocked on the closed door immediately for release, frantic for a little daylight. The very best laughter is at yourself. Do it and do it often. That's great. <laughs> and um, remember, negativity is extremely contagious. And dinner at the English bed and breakfast, that was, we were having breakfast with a, another couple sat at the table with us, so we were visiting all along. And they kept talking about Rupert, who was up in their bedroom. And they did hope he wasn't getting too hungry. And they, we talked, and beautiful scenery in the movies and blah, blah. Finally, how old is Rupert? Well, he's two and a half. My husband and I were kicking each other under the table and rolling our eyes. About, uh, about that time, my husband asked why they did not bring him down to dinner. And she said that this particular restaurant did not allow dogs. <laughs> and then uh, this is the last one, Hawaii Volcanoes Park. How neat to explore Volcanoes Park till suddenly a blockade made its mark. Next, we saw smoking lava across the road. A park ranger approached our carload. We asked if Kilauea would burst forth. Should we go north? He said, see, my car is aimed for a quick getaway. We reversed direction in a flash with no delay. 